a beautiful mess. A beautiful mess. Yeah. Life is a beautiful mess. A beautiful mess. Yes. Life is a beautiful mess. A beautiful mess. I'm trying, I'm crying, I feel like I'm dying. I'm doing my best. All right. Welcome back to being human and other shit. Uh, today we, well, I am, uh, I am on the ancestral homeland of the Nisanon people and I acknowledge them as the past, present and future caretakers of this land. And today we have a very special guest, Stephen Nash. Um, Stacy and I, if you recall, we talked about our, our very romantic, uh, <laughs> summer getaway to two bunch palms in Palm Springs. And, uh, this is where we met this beautiful human being who is a tarot card reader. So uh, we had an amazing session with him and thought we would uh, pick his brain a little bit. And he was generous enough to to lend his time and his his expertise. So welcome, Stephen. We really appreciate you taking the time. And thank you so much. It's wonderful seeing your beautiful faces again. <laughs> oh, thank Aww. you. We missed you. <laughs> we really do. We talk about you all the time. We do. We tell everybody about you. <laughs> yeah, we actually just were in Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago for like an event. And we and I just kept telling Melissa, like, should we sneak away to Two Bunch Palms? Like, <laughs> see if they're over there. And then we were like, oh, we got to pull in a hot tub right here. Like, let's just enjoy where we're at. Oh, uh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it was an awesome trip. And and we were very happy to to meet you. So I, I would love if you could just tell us tell us about yourself, where, where you're from and kind of your upbringing, whatever you feel uh, comfortable sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was born in Santa Ana, California, Orange County. And um, I was adopted at the age of two. So I have found my birth family, but um, I was raised um, by the Nashes and they were very fundamentalist Christian, very conservative. And uh, we lived in Orange County till I was about 12. Then we not about 12. I was 12. (laughs) (laughs) And then we moved to Oregon. And they kind of moved a lot, you know, they kind of bought and sold houses and ranches and property. And, you know, by junior high, I was wondering if we were in the witness protection program. (laughs) It was like, you know, it wasn't until high school or finally I can be in one school building, you know, more than two years in a row. And so uh, we ended up in Southern Oregon on a ranch and, um, Again, very conservative. Um, and they, my mom had a lovely way every time she, we, they started a new church to pimp me out as the organ monkey. And <laughs> one day, oh, this is the church we're going to, Stephen. Oh, by the way, you're the new church pianist. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think my opinion was ever in that equation. It doesn't sound yeah. like it. Yeah, it doesn't no, sound like it at all. No, 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 no. So, um, yeah, I was always interested in tarot. Um, you know, even as a kid, you would see it in movies and TV, and I just thought it was so cool. You know, it was like there was the cards were so beautiful, and I loved the reverence and the um, the of the and the ritual of how the cards were being used. And you know, of course, then I wanted cards in junior high and you know my mother reacted in a way you thought i just asked her if i could have a pet demon or something (laughs) (laughs) that went over well so yeah it 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 was it was very very conservative so this kind of went way against um my parents fundamentalist upbringing you just kind of know what you can ask for and what you can say and what you can't say Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yes 
Interesting. So it's, it's funny just that we were just talking right before we started recording though, the, the perspective perception that a lot of people have about tarot in general is is it's very witchy and then you mentioned that tv kind of portrays it like that and so oh yeah mainstream media is is kind of putting a bad rap on tarot but there's so much more depth to that there's so much more depth to it and it's a tool so many people can use for themselves even if they don't want to read for other people even just for their own personal development um you know it it can also show people um, energies that we're operating in, what we're navigating in. A lot of people, you know, I'll walk around feeling like they're in a lot of confusion. They're being pulled here and there, and they're they're you know caught up in the glamours of illusion of social media, you know, and and you know, um, and, and, and illusions of power and illusions of whatever, and so they can feel very very conflicted. So tarot can be very predictive. It can be. Um, the cards themselves have no power. It's just paper and ink. Mm-hmm. It's what the images trigger in one's mind. So that's what I work with a lot with like my students. You know, I've gotten had a couple students lately who were really interested. I met them at Two Bunch Palms. Nice. And were really interested. And so I started teaching them and they are just taking off. They're going, they had, they're like, I had no idea what I was capable of. I had no idea that, you know, I just didn't know. You only yeah. know what you know. Yeah. So it can be a very good tool for many people for their own self-discovery, their own self-development to help give them guidance, clarity. Um, it can be used on so many different levels. Well, I feel like Melissa and I totally got a taste of that when we you know, took your class at Two Bunch Palms because I I think I could speak for both of us that we weren't going in expecting it to be so thorough. Mm-hmm. I was literally expecting to sit around a table with a bunch of people and just get a reading, you know, uh-huh. and and the just the way the presentation, like you had the documents, I still have them, and just telling us to like write on the cards and everything. People really do like I literally every day get somebody trying to request me on um, Instagram, like a tarot card reader. And they're like, it just really called to me to like reach out to you. That'll be one hundred and fifty dollars. I get those. I get those, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you it's like, damn, I liked one freaking post and shit. And I got 50 requests. Yeah, that's been happening to me with all this vegan stuff. I'm like, I'm not vegan anymore. Leave me alone. (laughs) I like cheese fuck off <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny so as a you you read tarot as a profession right this is your yeah. is this your main profession this is uh teaching classes and reading tarot is probably say two-thirds of my profession the other is um my business partner gail and i have a store within a store in palm desert on el paseo and um uh, can I do a cheap plug? Please yeah, do. Please, please plug do. everything. Okay, <laughs> fabulous. It's in a wonderful um, home and art store called Goldfield Home. And the name of our business is uh, V&G Hipware. And you can find the, us on V&G Palm Springs on Instagram. So that's V-A-N-D-G Palm Springs. And check out a lot of what we do. I uh, We design and sew. Um, we have a, I have four of my machines right there on property and That's make awesome. handbags, belts, um, shirts, uh, whatever. I've been working on um, messenger bags, purses, um, out of leather, whatever. God, you can't yeah. get any cooler. 
I know. Yeah. Like you just show up in your V-neck. You got your little <laughs> chesticles out, looking hot. Just so freaking cool. <laughs> now you I just sit you. in a your your store and you actually sew items. Like, oh you can't yeah, get any cooler. Between the customers, I go in the back and I put on Netflix and or music or podcasts, and I just sit there and design. We design and I sew, and we just kind of make the magic happen. I that's so awesome. That is. So as far as your tarot uh, reading profession, what what kind of services do you like offer your clients? Is it- well, what what I do is, you know, it, it for most people, it's helping to get them get, to get clarity, to be able to move through challenges or understand, you know, a lot of it too, a lot of people feel like they don't have any options. Mm-hmm. And so what it is, is about bringing options to the surface with clarity so people can make choices for themselves. A lot of people can just get so caught up in their own confusion, they can't see their way around challenges. And, you know, a lot of times external things happen that cause internal changes. And so a person could feel blindsided by something or didn't see it coming. They don't know what to do with it, you know? And now they have to, you know, they kind of stop and now they have to do all this internal work, you know, kind of that queen energy, that internal work. All right, what do I think about this? Am I down with this? Which way do I wanna go? How do I wanna see this? And we have to do all this internal work and have it come together so it can set and gel to be able to express it on an external level. So, you know, a lot of people get caught up in that and they just don't see their options. Um, a lot of people don't even see opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, they, they don't see opportunities even to hit them in the forehead. And even if they do, that doesn't mean uh, oh, there's a lot of people that won't take advantage of opportunities unless they see a perceived guaranteed outcome, which there is never a guaranteed outcome. You know, people switch horses midstream all the time, you know? And so I just feel that people that, um, that are the most successful just have a greater ability to adapt to that change, those challenges and obstacles when they do happen. And it's not if they do, they will. (laughs) We We call it life. Yeah. Yeah. With the risk. Do you, do you like, if you have clients that reach out, is it just like you're doing readings via zoom in person? And then you said you offer classes. Yes, I do. These days, pretty much 95% is zoom. You know, when COVID hit, um, I was a little scared because right before COVID went, I went to Portland for a week and I had 16 readings scheduled in person. Um, I wasn't doing Zoom yet. I was doing, you know, a lot of two bunch palms with people um, coming there as guests or even doing day passes back then. And then COVID hit and um, two bunch kind of stopped for a while. Everything stopped. And I was like going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And many of my other uh, readers that I know of were in the same boat. And I knew if some people were out there doing phone readings and other people were going, well, I'm going to try Zoom, see how that works. And I'm going, God, is it going to work as well, though? Yeah. And so um, I went, I, there was somebody I knew who wanted a reading that I've read for before. And so um, we went ahead and set it up and I'm going, all right, we're going to see how this works. I don't know how this roading is going to go here, but <laughs> um, we went ahead and did it. And it was just as effective 
just as much clarity. And I even wondered, uh, is it because I know their energy already and I've already had this familiarity with it with a, a complete stranger, someone I've never met before? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't very long before that came up. And it was like, all right, let's see how this book goes. And sure enough, every every reader I've spoken to have all said they've had no problems doing Zoom readings. And they were also worried too. And so I haven't seen, had a problem with it yet. I find it's just every bit as effective, which is great. Yeah. Because like a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a in one week, I had a reading with a client in London, one in upstate New York, one in Manhattan, two in DC, Florida, Austin, um, of course, LA, uh, Seattle, um, Portland. And um, it's like been no problem. In fact, now it's sort of like people don't have to wait until we get together. When the challenge is in front of them, they can get immediate assistance other than trying to figure out how we're going to be in the same place. Yeah. I always wonder energetically, because I was that's actually, um, you answered my question. I was wondering energetically if it does make a difference on Zoom or not. I was worried in the beginning it would, but it certainly hasn't, nor for any other reader that I know of. Everyone's been doing really, really well. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's like it only can increase your business because, you know, people, like you said, if there's urgency, it's the easiest way to do it. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of people that, you know, timing is everything. Things come up and if, especially if they need to make fast decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I never make decisions for them. I will never tell a person what to do. Um, I will give them their options. I will give them clarity so they can make better choices. But even then I get people who go, Stephen, what should I do? What should I do? And it's like, no, that's my part. All I can do is give you your options. Now, I have said maybe once or twice in the past, you might want to get off of your butt and participate in your own life. That I might have said. <laughs> and I, it comes from a place of love. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was I was curious too, but th- now that I think about it, it's the same as what we're doing. Like we rely on yeah. like being able to connect with people energetically as well by doing these via Zoom, these com- having these conversations. And right when you hopped on and we started talking, it, it you could feel your energy mm-hmm. being in the same yeah. space with yeah. us too. So it's the same. I'm sure yeah. it's the same concept. Yeah, it feels the same as when we were face to face too much. Yeah. So um, as you so did you have a uh, any type of like career or profession that is outside of your store or reading tarot before you got into like professionally reading tarot? Yeah, it was for 30 years. I was oh, a wow. hairdresser nice. in Oh yeah, Fuller. I remember you said that. and cooler. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> My like, husband yeah, and I had a salon downtown um for uh 20 years and um it was it was it was just starting to really kill my body. I was a hairdresser for thirty years. He was a hairdresser for forty seven or forty. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. such a long time. Yeah, I was starting to get these Sweeney Todd visions in my head. So I kind of thought, man, can't afford the jail time. I better, you know, <laughs> about something else. Do you guys do each other like cut each other's hair now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least that, right? You're still yeah, we, you're still we doing cut each other's hair, and David's still cut, you know, a couple friends' hair, and. That's about it. Yeah. So you you started to have an interest when you were a teenager. When did you like really like identify that you had this gift or ability? Well, what it was is, you know, I think I got my first deck when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw my first deck when I was 18. My boyfriend had a deck 
And I just thought it was so cool. And, you know, back, this was like in 78, seven, no, 77. Um, you know, I was living in Eugene, Oregon, and I don't think there was even an occult bookstore, you know, anywhere near. I think Portland was the nearest. And I, I remember buying it. And, you know, I was kind of, I don't think embarrassed was the word, you know, I jumped out of the gay closet and jumped into the tarot closet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, I, I had it and I worked with it, but I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and if, even if you found a bookstore that had one, they might have a writer weight deck, maybe, and maybe one tarot book to work with, but, you know, usually have those obnoxious little keyword books. And so you know, there wasn't Google back then. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't yeah. as much information or training accessible. So back in the 70s, it was just a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And I worked on it really hard all through my 20s. And I was in my 30, early 30s. And um, I had met a woman who was a very, uh, very interesting. She was, she was a reader. And um, she was encouraging me and I was like going, you know, I just don't know. I mean, it's it's fun and I really love it. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it helps for me, but I don't know if I could actually use it to help anyone else. And so I, I we would trade readings for each other. And it went at one point, like several months went by and she said, and she sent me a letter of all things. You know, we live in the same town. She sent me a letter. <laughs> Romantic. She, I know. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> she, she wrote and in the letter. She goes, I know you feel insecure. I know you feel this is something you can't do, but I've been keeping a log of every single thing you've told me. Oh and my that, gosh. And when it was going to happen. And you said, I wasn't going to meet this man until eight months in the middle of the month. And she goes, I met him on the 15th in the middle of the month, eight months. And she had documented everything that, you know, when it was all individual, I didn't see anything. And then I'm looking at this log she kept of what I said and what happened. And I went, oh, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and then I was very fortunate. Um, I was 35 when my ex died. And um I met a woman who became my mentor for 20 years, and she is the most amazing reader I have ever met. I mean, I aspire to be like her. She's just such such a beautiful soul and such a talent and, you know, very specific. You know, all of, her, all of her readings were hard readings. You know, there's hard readings, soft readings. Hard readings are always the goal because they're very specific, very detailed. A soft reading is just a little more general. And she was just um, amazing. All of her readings were very, very specific, very detailed. And um, unfortunately, she did pass nine years ago. I have not forgiven her yet. I don't intend to. Um, <laughs> she knew it was all about me. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, she I was very fortunate to have her in my life for 20 years. And she was she had always said in my 40s, she goes, you're going to be doing this for a living someday. And I go, oh, I love it. And I and she goes, no, you are going to be doing this for a living someday. And I was like going, well, I appreciate your confidence. But, you know, at that time, I was so busy performing and I was so busy with my uh the, the salon and, you know, all of this other things, the thought of doing that on top of it was just not even in the question at that time in my life. Yeah. 
Okay, wait. So we did say it. I I want to. Can you explain the difference between the hard readings and the soft readings? Because Melissa and I know this from your class. But- right. Well, you know, the hard readings are always the goal. You know, I mean, like you know, I went to a very well known reader once in um, Pacific Northwest. I'll just leave it at that. And um, for me at that time, it was a lot of money. It was probably thirty years ago. And, but she had an amazing reputation. And so I went and I sat down with her and she sat there very quietly and threw down her cards. And then she goes, okay, the universe is telling me you're here to do good. I'm like, what? That's that's it. And then it was all this vague stuff that was so like, okay, what do you do with that? You know? And it was yeah. Like, and then, you know, it's like with um, my mentor, um, she was amazing. You know, it was like, she was, she would, she was very specific. I mean, things like, you know, okay, Stephen, you know, I'm, this is right after my ex died um, somewhere in a couple of months, somewhere between Christmas and new year's, you're going to be in meet a man. He's 38 years old, six foot four, dark hair, short beard, Sagittarius, wow. lives in Seattle, does something for a living that's outdoorsy, but but creative. She goes, I don't even know what that means. You'll figure it out. And she was, I mean, it was like, and it happened and you can't make those elements just happen. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, she was always very specific and, uh, but she was also really good about, um, encouraging you but also not telling you what to do just showing you your options so you can make better choices for yourself but the more information you have for with like the the um, harder readings gives people more information on their potential of what they can do Mm -hmm. some people aren't conditioned to trust themselves you know like you know a lot everybody's born intuitive Everybody is born intuitive, but so many people are conditioned not to trust it or not to lean in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can happen through how they're raised, you know, yeah. their culture, uh, the part of the country you lived in, your parents' politics, religion, you know, all of these things are factors. And, you know, people are conditioned to be very, very mental. Well, the thing is, it's like people are reconnecting to their intuitive sides at a much higher capacity. And there are, you know, it, it's like anything else. There are there's some people are more than others. You know, there's intuitive families, just like there's athletic families, musical families, artistic families. And like with tarot, tarot is something that anyone can learn. Um, but I always say it's like, well, anyone can learn the fun play a piano so you can throw five people can you know start piano lessons in one day and in 20 years someone could be on a symphony stage someone else can be playing in a jazz club and someone else can still be at home torturing their family with only a slightly better version of mary had a little lamb but you know they can learn it's just that it's it's just it's not about comparing ourselves to other people and being the best versions of ourselves yep and so many people don't want to live that way, which I feel like we talk about this all the time, but blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. They fight it. They fight it. It's like, oh, God, you, life could be so good. But yeah. it is those conditionings. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's all those things that put up these blocks for yeah. us sometimes. Yeah, you well, have to look beyond well, it. Or And too, you know, it's like a lot of women, um, it's easier for a lot of women to trust their intuition 
than mm-hmm. it is for a lot of men. Yeah. And a lot of men too, you know, when you look at especially older generations, like, you know, my generation or older, you know, it's like you might be coming from a place where, um, you know, your your family, you know, that let's say, you know, you're a four-year-old little boy and you fall down and you cut your knee open on a rock and you cry. And then you have dad going, don't cry. Boys don't cry. You're a man now. Turn it off. You know, and you're like going, I'm four. And then that then your little sister can do the same thing. And it's, oh, here, let daddy kiss it and make it better for you. Yeah. So, you know, boys are conditioned in the older generations, not as much anymore, thank God, yeah. but in older generations to detach from the emotional side and then two you get into school you get you're playing sports and if a if a a boy in school shows emotion now he's a sissy Mm -hmm. you know and so they're kind of conditioned to detach a little from expressing their emotional side then they marry women who are very in tune and they wonder why they have all these emotionally disconnected husbands well from years of conditioning (laughs) yeah yeah that's We're, so true. But that doesn't mean too that an older person in my generation can't look at the younger generations of men who are given permission to or are taking the, the permission themselves to express their emotions. And they can choose to shed some of those rigid boundaries if they want to. And some are, you know, there's a lot of men who are conditioned to um be more mental over emotional, but that doesn't mean it's stuck. Yeah. So there's a lot of those too. So it's fortunately in this day and age, it's a little bit more fair to the, the younger guys to be in touch with their intuitive and emotional sides. More accepted. Do you feel like your clientele is more primarily women versus men? It's it's probably a little more women. A little. Um I have a lot of guys, a lot of guys. Yeah. And, you know, interesting demographics. You know, one thing I found so interesting and it's just I just start laughing again. You know, I get people who uh, take my class. They call me whatever and they want to do readings. They want to learn tarot. And I was like, what do you do for a living? And it's like, oh, I'm a psychotherapist or <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist or I'm a counselor. Or it's like, you know, it's like that is like one of the biggest demographics. Uh, and another one is uh, I get a lot of writers, a lot of writers. So it's really it's a really interesting dynamic. I feel like that makes sense, though, because you're, you know, psychology and psychiatry is so mental, but then, you know, this piece of it is just very intuitive and you have to go with feelings and emotions. And it's, it, I, I could see wanting to have that like full scope. Yeah. More of like a range. Yeah. It's true because when you go to like a therapist or whatever, it's very like logical feedback versus right. like somebody like me who I am like highly emotional. And I mean, in, in my younger self to my detriment, you know, I'd have an emotional response to stuff that didn't like deserve it instead of controlling myself. And they give you logical reasoning versus, you know, when when I feel connected more to my own self is when I do go get a tarot reading or go to like some type of healer. And they're like, you know, giving me advice that resonates with me better than like common sense. Like, just don't have that emotional reaction. It's like, yeah, well, duh, bitch. I'm like doing my best. (laughs) You know, <laughs> doing my absolute best. <laughs> what else? 
That's hilarious. <laughs> so what are some of the challenge, like your specific challenges that you face uh, with this profession with, with uh, reading tarot? He's like soft readings. <laughs> <laughs> remember, our, remember our class? You were like, great. Like everybody had soft readings. You were like, cool. Boring. It was like, yeah. It was like, Melissa's having a like great or something better job. Mine was like, this guy you have is great. Like all this shit that we were like. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and sometimes, too, it's not always like that. Oh, boy. I mean, you know, I've had groups where every single person is going through emotional upheaval and personal crisis. And, you know, and two, it's like, especially in group situations, I don't like to out anybody on yeah. anything. So I do keep it a little lighter. Um and even when groups of people want readings, you know, I say, if you want it in a group reading, it is going to be softer. It's going to be lighter because I don't want to bring anything to the surface that it would make anybody feel uncomfortable or outed. Um, and so I had like six women that wanted all, they were all friends and they wanted readings. And it was like, okay, just come and knock on the door in X amount of minutes and, you know, keep them coming, you know, and so that is fine, you know, because then I feel I can be, um, not edit, mm -hmm. not you know, be a little more blunt. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, so the, the challenges sometimes, you know, people can throw up walls. It's like people can come to you and they say they want help, but then they sit there and they looking at me like they're the Unabomber and they're going to kick my ass. <laughs> And I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, and, you know, there's there's different personality types that are more difficult, like the worst, the worst people to read for are narcissists. Um, I bet. Oh, yeah. They're they the worst people to be around. Yeah, I was like, period. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, they want to come to you and and you tell them that, yeah, they're the, the right one. And every single person in their life is is what's wrong. You know, and I had one woman I was getting very frustrated with, and I could tell she was getting frustrated with me. And she was going on about the challenges in her love relationship, her work relationship, her family relationship, or, you know, every relationship in the in her life. And I'm trying to diplomatically bring it around. And she was just not having it. Finally, I just had to look at her and say, okay, in all of these challenges that you are now discussing and bringing to the surface, the only thing I can ask you is who is the common denominator? Oh, that went over really well. I think she called me an asshole. <laughs> hey, that could have been way worse than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going, hey, that's, I mean, she wasn't going to listen to reason. She yeah. wasn't going to listen to logic. She wasn't going to respect other people's borders and boundaries. She wasn't going to, you know, all of these things. And then, you know, everything it, but then she threw it back at me as if it was my problem to solve for her. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, girl <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get you <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's almost like why'd you even come here oh yeah well like you know you, if you have all the answers yeah well you know and some people just want to hear they want a validation that they yeah. are right even when they're not i mean how many people in our own lives i can speak for in my own like professional life there's there's certain people that will go around and go to every single person and tell their story, their whatever's going on until someone validates what they want to hear. Yes. Oh, I mean, like younger me definitely did that coming from <laughs> a place of just trauma. 
like younger me for sure was like, I need to get everybody's opinion on this. And if I don't, if you don't agree with me, like I'm not, I don't want to talk to <laughs> Next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because younger me was a, as was a more uh, insecure person that wasn't like standing on what she believed in 10 toes down. I mean, I am not, I'm wrong. A lot of my older me is wrong too, you know, but now I'm just like, whatever, I accept it, move on. Yeah. Yeah. Steven? Well, you know, and, and, and different people have, um, you know, you come from a different place. You know, they, it, it, there's some people that just see way too many readers. You know, I got a reader, a, a client a, about a month ago who I did a reading for. And when we finished, she goes, um, I'd like to go ahead. Can we book another appointment for next week at the same time? And I went, no, why? Yeah. And she goes, well, you've helped me more in the last hour than my therapist has weekly for the last three years. And I said, well, that's very sweet. I appreciate that. You might want to get a new therapist, yeah. but, um, you know, but it's sort of like, no, you, you got to make your choices and live your life. You yeah. know, if a person's going through a lot, you mm -hmm. know, I had one woman who um, everything in her life went up in the air, um, her relationship, her work. I mean, just, I mean, there were so many variables that went all up into the air at once and she just felt very ungrounded so i told her i said you know she wanted to connect like in a month i go why don't we do three months you need you need to live your life and make your choices and see the re repercussions of your um choices mm -hmm. so you know I, that for her through this long group of challenges i saw her every three months for a year but that is you know probably the most frequent i would recommend you know people who want to go you know every month or something like that it's like nah it's a, that's a little frequent sister you know yeah. and then too you know i had one woman i did a reading for uh, a couple of months ago and i finished with it and she was elated and then she goes this is just so bizarre steve and she goes you are the fourth person to almost say the exact word for word thing in the last two months. She says, I saw two mediums, an astrologer and you, and all four of you said almost identically word for word. And I went, well, consistency is good. And what the hell are you seeing four months? <laughs> She's like, actually, after this, I'm going to go to Disneyland. I have an appointment with Mickey Mouse. I'm going to see what he thinks. So it'll be number five. Like. <laughs> that's something I really appreciate the integrity you have for yeah. this craft or, or, uh, you know, like that there's lots of people out there that would say, great, let's book it at once a week. Let me take that cashola from you. But no. you're, oh, you're it's a money making. But that, that's how you can tell the difference mm -hmm. between someone's that that's doing this for the right reasons and with integrity versus someone that is just doing mm -hmm. it to make some money. Yeah, the thing is I just bring things to the surface with clarity. They have to do the work. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that have to choose what they're going to do with it. And if they're seeing me every week, they're clearly not doing their own work. And yeah. you know, I'm not going to do it for them. Okay. So, you know, I I think that, you know, it's it's like you know, live your life. We can, you know, if things, you know, go sideways, I don't mind connecting, but you know, you just need to now make choices and see how they reflect in your life. Yeah. Don't, don't you feel like that's something we talk about a lot is, is doing the work. You know, I think yeah. we say it all the time is like, you can't, 
just go to therapy once a month, once a week or whatever. And that's it. You know, it's like so much of what you consume in general and what other outside, um, like what other outside factors you're taking in. You got to do the work. You have to. Yeah. It's not just going to your therapist, unleashing or dumping your stuff on them and then walking out and that's it. You got to do the work. Yeah. Some people don't want to. And no. some people also want to blame somebody else if it doesn't go. The outcome isn't what they desired it to be. And mm -hmm. that's unfortunate because they're going to keep living yeah. in this cycle. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I had a very dear friend for many years who um, saw a therapist once a week for 30 years. And I believe for her, part of it was she was buying a friend. And I also believe that by being able to say, she was in therapy for this, that now she could live her life as she wanted without fear of judgment of other people. Why, why aren't you doing something about it? Well, I am. I'm seeing a therapist. She certainly wasn't doing the work. Yep. You know? That's for sure. You know, so it, it yeah, people have their different reasons. Um, again, sometimes they, they need to tell themselves I'm doing the work, mm -hmm. but they're really not. That, yep. And and they just think showing up, making that appointment, you know, that that's the work. No, that's not the work part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. The work one, is when you leave the office. Yeah, one hour every week just talking to somebody is not doing the, the work, no, unfortunately. No. We all have one of those friends for sure. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy. So what do you feel besides dealing with the, the crazy narcissist, asshole calling narcissist, what do you feel like are some of the biggest challenges with with doing this? Well, you know, it, 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 it sometimes it's getting too many people in one day. Yeah, you know, it's it's like because that's dealing with a lot of people's energy, and it's hard. Yeah, to I didn't even think about that. From one to another. I mean, I know I had one day a few months, like three months ago. It it was it was wild. I, I mean, I, I got up. I did a, a nine o'clock Zoom reading. I did a ten fifteen Zoom reading. I went to two bunch and I did a private guest reading. Then I taught a class to like 12 people and that went two hours long. And then I did another private after that and came home and did another zoom reading. Oh my God. I, all I could do is shove a little bit of food in my face. And I think I was in bed at seven. It was like, that was that that's too much. That's too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I like doing like a class a day and maybe two readings. That's, yeah. that's comfortable. And that, and that makes you feel a little more balanced and not pulled at. And it's easier to shift energy. Like even sometimes in those um, classes, you have 12 people, like a couple of weeks ago, I had 20 people in class. Oh my gosh. Whoa. I know it was really crowded and um, the, it, they were uncomfortable because most of them were standing and they were crowded and the room was getting hot and it, it, you could it, the energy was frenetic because of the discomfort of people. Mm -hmm. And it was like going, I have to limit these classes. I can't, it's not going to work. I, I can't be my best if I have that many people all at once. So I have a little sign now. So it's like when the class is full, it's full. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was one actually wondering that when we went where I'm like, it doesn't seem like they cap any of the classes. Well, it depends on what it is. Like the art class can only take so many people to, with space to do art. Mm -hmm. um, this, I 
now have a sign that says, you know, classes at full capacity, no more for the time amount of time allotted. There is no more time for any more three cards because those are just little general three card readings. Those are not very deep or specific. Oh, we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I always I let people know the three card readings because it is only three cards. It I it is considered a soft reading. But then at sometimes, you know, I'll have a room one night where every person went into a breakdown and it accidentally turned into hard readings for everybody. And it was like going I thought this was supposed to be soft. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, weren't you telling us a story about like some a cheating situation? Wasn't it that one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are there any like mo- like But that wasn't that wasn't in the class. That one was um a private God. That was a, a couples reading, which I hate couples readings. Yeah, I remember you um, saying that. I hate doing couples readings because so often this person's problem is sitting one foot to their <laughs> left. And, you know, and it, how, do you, how, do you, how do you eloquently word that? So your biggest issue in life, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, <laughs> a little head nod off to like the heavy side. eye contact, like. <laughs> no, what I usually do, because, you know, then it's like I have to be so carefully select my words because I don't want to, um, again, I don't want to out anybody in front of them. Um, I, I, I wouldn't even out them anyway. I would word things in a way that would make them question people. Like with this one, I, I told them, I said, I said, someone, I just need to tell you, I seriously feel there's someone in your inner circle someone very close to you who is betraying you right now. So he can sit there and think about his inner circle. And, you know, and then I, you know, things just flash in your head. You know, like I said, tarot cards is just paper and ink. It's about the images they flash in your head. And, you know, what I saw in the cards flashed into my head. I saw him in one room. I saw her in an adjacent room with a wall in between them, but I saw her in the arms of another man. And so I went, Oh God. Oh God. She's Oh God. So, you know, and then, you know, I sometimes see clocks, calendars, numbers, like uh, a big number can be um, a, a, a year, a medium number can be a month. A small number can be a week. You know, it and see, sometimes even the timing thing is just a little off, or sometimes you know a timing thing because it just pops into your head. And you know, I so I told him, I said, I, I, I think you're going to find out exactly who this person is in 30 days, and I feel like you're going to take 30, 40 to decide what you want to do about it. And whichever way you choose, I do know your life is going to be a 180 degree turn three months from now. And sure enough, he emailed me three and a half months later, said 30 days to the day. He found out his wife had been having an affair with another man for the past two years. They had five weeks to try to work it out. They decided to part their ways. He was moving forward in the business without her. And, you know, he said that, you know, this had been a really difficult time for him. But he said, you know, I just wanted to write you and thank you for the heads up. You know, sorry for the spoiler alert, but, you know, it's it's sometimes it's like, Rather than I feel like sometimes if you say, if you, if you, if you don't let them to come to their own conclusions, then they can 
almost shut you off. They don't open themselves up to think about what all the possibilities are. And so, you know, I do think that it helps a lot of times. I mean, and sometimes I do need to say things very directly. You know, you have to, you have to be able to communicate with people that they're being mindful and respectful of their capacity to comprehend. And some people, if you're not blunt, they're they're going to hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Other people can um, they can really absorb the subtleties more f- fully. Mm-hmm. So it's just speaking to people in the way that they're the most receptive, and also so they can come to their own conclusions. And I don't want them to ever feel that I told them what to do. Yeah. It's about letting them come to their conclusions. I wonder whose idea was to go there. Yeah. Hey, what? I wonder whose idea was to go. She was oh. like, shit, like, man, I really, <laughs> I, think I really those, shit the bed on that one. You, like in those situations, though, <laughs> I shit the bed on that it was her. <laughs> I always like screw the pooch, too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like like he he I'm sure had some inkling that something like that was going on and that was i think a lot of people do but they they want to live in denial yeah and the thing is though too um a lot of times people will think something doesn't seem right and then just shake it off like i don't know what i'm thinking but if you bring it up and you bring up something that you know they've already been feeling now it makes it more real now they might think about looking into that a little deeper Mm -hmm. and so it it makes people question um a lot of people you know they get a lot of self-doubt you know they don't trust themselves they don't trust their intuition um and again that could be a part of their conditioning and you know i know a lot of women i've worked with who are very you know um intuitive but for a time in their life they might have been under the oppression of a male partner who maybe cut them off or say, oh, don't be stupid, don't say that, you know, demean them for being connected. And so then they've just learned to have the silenced voice. And, you know, at some time they usually will break away. I have seen some stay, but at some point, you know, a lot of those people can outgrow those relationships. So much gaslighting. Right. Do you have any... Do you have any other um, memorable readings that you can share that obviously will keep people's private stuff private? <laughs> God. Spill the tea. <laughs> Spill well, the, the tea. The ones that are the most memorable are the ones I can't talk about, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we'll take a sure. semi-memorable. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, I, was, I was working with this one woman, and it was really interesting because... I was just trying to figure her out and, and, you know, my, my grandfather speaks in my right ear every once in a while, three to four inches. I wish he was a little more frequent, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And I'm trying to work out this issue with this woman and I'm just like stumped. I can't see it. Why is she in her own way? You know, and it was like, yeah, I know her husband's a challenge, but you know, what is going on? And then my grandfather clearly said in my ear very loudly, her husband rapes her. Mm-hmm. And then I sat there and it was like, I looked like someone just gut punched me. My jaw just kind of fell open. And it was like, then I started thinking about the conversation. I started thinking back and it was like, oh 
my God. Jeez. Now I get it, you know, and it's like, okay, how do I navigate this one? Because sometimes a lot of very, very sensitive things come up that depending on how you approach it with that person, it could be very painful to them, especially if they feel they're developing um, they're revealing some very deep layers they don't even want to reveal to themselves. And so it's like, it's sometimes it's very difficult to choose words carefully to be as effective and productive as possible. So you just don't know. Everybody is different, you know, and most readings, you know, I've been getting several lately, like a couple of this, this guy, he came to me and I looked at his spread. I went, oh my God. Things are amazing. What are, you, what are we doing here? You know, and he was like going, I know. I just wanted to hear it from you. <laughs> you know, just an affirmation, a confirmation that no one's pulling the rug out from under my feet. <laughs> Everything, I'm not missing anything here. Yeah. And a lot of times people will come to me for clarity. And at the at the end of the reading, I've had many people say, okay, I'm still gonna do exactly what I plan to do. I'm just gonna do it quicker with more determination and like you go you know? yeah yeah absolutely some people just need the affirmation that they are on the right path or they are beating their head on the right door sure. you know and the, and also too i never tell people like I, I had a situation where i told somebody once um who was very talented had the ability to be very successful and i'm going you know what you keep doing what you're doing and those those doors are going to open it's not going to be in a year it's not even going to be two years but it's going to be you know this is a lot of work this is a big deal but it can be your goal on a five-year effort and then all of a sudden he just kind of went oh well great it's going to happen i don't have to work so hard (laughs) he just changed everything he 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 all of a sudden his momentum came out of his sales he decided i don't have to work so hard after all it's gonna happen i'm like no it's not gonna it's it's like because of your hard work you have to keep that momentum you have to keep that force that focus on point on your toes you know all of that energy that drive has to be there because it can't happen without that drive or that passion the yeah. universe isn't going to do it for you yeah and so it's really interesting you know um it's being very careful that people hear what i say and not what they want to hear and even sometimes if i see a person if someone might ask me a question that doesn't really align with what I just said, I might say, tell me what you think I just said to you. What did you just hear from me? Yeah. And I'll then sometimes they'll tell it. I go, close, <laughs> not quite right, but close. <laughs> Let's back up. <laughs> you know? yeah. So just to get clarity. Yeah. So I'm what? Like, so the moral story is do the work. Yeah. Do the work. Don't stop. Show up, do the work. We're like Can a walking you, inspirational ad right now. I know. I know. Look at that. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's a great tool and people can use it for themselves. They can use it for other people. They can use it for their own self-development, even if they don't plan on ever reading for anybody else. Mm-hmm. It is a great way to hone a person's own intuition. Mm-hmm. And when you start honing it, 
and start leaning into it and start seeing, you know, because like I said, everyone's born intuitive. You know, everyone has had that that friend that is, you know, you're sitting there over a glass of wine and they're going on about some dramatic thing happening in their love life. And you can get a flash in your head of what they're not telling you or what it's really about. And maybe you don't say anything. And then a week goes by, a month goes by, the whole story come, finally comes out of their mouth. And it's like, you already knew it. <laughs> yeah. you know? How many times have you had been thinking about somebody you haven't thought about in like months and all of a sudden your cell phone rings two seconds later, there they are. Yeah. Everyone's mm. had those experiences. Everyone is born intuitive. It's just that people have been conditioned to not trust it, not lean into it. Um, again, it could be out of fear of judgment. It could just be out of uh, uh, lack of self-confidence. You yeah. know, they get caught up in the conditioning of all that mental. Yeah, I have a I have a good friend who was going through something like a year, a couple of years ago, just like having, you know, a lot of uh, mental stuff going on. And I've had cards for a long time. I was afraid to say that in your classes. I was like, when the, I was like the first thing I think you asked, like, does anybody here have their own cards? And I was like, <laughs> like, I don't want to see. Is he going to make me do something? That I don't do? No, 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 no. Amateur? Like, no. <laughs> I always want people to be comfortable in the classes. Yeah. Like we would, we would always read his cards, not all the time, but like at least every couple of weeks and yeah. it would always resonate with him. And it was like the answers he was seeking, he was getting. And I was like, this is your energy. Like I start the same yeah. way with everybody. Like you need to shuffle these cards, put your energy in it, put your intentions, like really think about what you want, you know, what you yeah. want to get out of this. And yeah. It was helpful. It was a helpful tool for him. And for some people, you know, I, I recommend, you know, even just getting up in the morning and pulling a card of the day, just as a theme for the day. Mm -hmm. and then maybe at the end of the day, when you go to bed, to do maybe a three card reading for yourself and see how it reflected how your day went. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want people doing it in the morning because then they're going to make choices based on three cards. I'm like, yeah. don't make your choices based on that. You know, just, you know, live your life. But um, it, it's it, people dictate how their day will go because of the card. I'm just like, stop it. Um, <laughs> but um yeah. And so it's like I, I post on my Instagram and Facebook, uh, I post a deck of the week. So and I the deck can be 600 years old, it could be less than a year old. And I'll do the history when it was published, about the artist, the author, whatever I could find about the deck. And then every day that week, I post um, the card of the day. And then um, talk about that. So that's another fun way to learn too. If you if a person wants to do it, but not they don't have their own deck. Mm -hmm. What is, what's the deck that you're doing right now? Because it feels very Halloween themed. <laughs> oh, that it is. I mean, I have so many Halloween themed decks. I had to start in September. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, and I've been enjoying them. Yeah, that's still not all of them. This one's called the Dark Mansion. Dark so it's very cute, Victorian. So cute. Yeah, it's a very cute deck. I, I love this deck. And I have a couple, like last week was the Zombie Tarot, which was hilarious. Love. Um, I have um, I have another couple of funny ones coming up and another couple of really beautiful ones. Awesome. So where where can people find you? Like, what's your Instagram uh, website if you have it? Yes, my, my website is fairly easy here. It's stephennashtarot.com, Stephen with a V. Um, and then my Instagram is stephennashtarot. 
I'm uh, yeah, at Stephen Nash Tarot. And then my email is Stephen Nash Tarot at Gmail. Do you see a theme here? I love it. It's, it's pretty I, I, simple. I have a question. So what are like for people that are going to listen to this and, you know, like we said, tarot has been more of a conversation and open conversation the last couple of years. What are some red flags to look for when you're looking to, you know, for your person to connect with? Because I, I do believe that's a thing. Like, I definitely felt like when Melissa and I both, when we left, we felt connected to you. Whereas a, the story I shared before we started recording, I ha- I've had a lot of readings of people where I'm like, no, like that didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like I connected right. with that person. Right. What are some like red, gr- I guess, green and red flags? That well, you know, the, the reading is always about the client. It is never about the reader. Yeah. You no, know? and I I don't really, you know, I mean, sometimes we might interject personal things people can relate to, mm-hmm. but you know, the person always has to feel like they are the focus. Mm-hmm. That the, the reader isn't pulling focus to feed their own ego or whatever. And fortunately, most readers I know in my world um, come from a very good place and really sincerely want to help. You know, and they mm-hmm. they really care because you know it is a lot of energy and it is a lot of work. And if you don't care you know, about helping people through their challenges, then it's, it's a drain. And so it's, they have to, if it, for me, I feel like it has to come from a place of passion Okay, and that, you know, the person walks away feeling empowered. They feel they have choices, even if they couldn't see them before. Now, again, some of the choices you know, might be difficult. You know, I tell everyone there are no bad cards. Every card in the deck is a gift. Now, some cards offer more challenges, but the greater the challenge, the greater the gift. The universe creates discomfort to encourage us to make changes. If we stayed comfortable, no one would ever change. No one Mm -hmm. would grow. And people often, when they feel that discomfort, they can try to avoid it, They can try to navigate around it where really the gift is to lean into it. And I love it when I see all the challenging cards on the, on the out there, because, you know, you get a cards of puppies and kittens skipping through the fields of daisies all day long. And yeah, it feels good, but it does nothing to raise the vibrational frequency of the soul. It's the challenging cards that do that. So when I see the challenging cards out there, it's like, yes, that is a person who is willing to make themselves uncomfortable to be a better version of themselves. And like the most misinterpreted, misunderstood card in the deck is actually my favorite card. It's a beautiful card. I blame Hollywood for this. Um, and that's the death card. Yeah. yeah. The card before the hangman that's doing all the work Hollywood gives the death card credit for. <laughs> then once we've shed those things that no longer serve us and they're dead to us now, the death card is like the phoenix rising from the ashes. It's about transformation and rebirth. So it is a welcome card in any reading and is by far my favorite. And in numerology, I add up to 13, death. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that that's that's one big thing that I learned when we were in two bunch is I also not knowing a ton about tarot cards in general thought like you're in trouble if you pull the death card. No, no. I love the death card. Bring it on. That's awesome. There was but we started talking about this kind of in the beginning, but I might have already told you this story when we we're in uh, Palm Springs, but when I was in New Orleans, I always do whenever I travel, I try to find all like the free walking tours, you know, which oh, is yeah. like 
typically the college kids that, you know, you just tip them at the end, whatever. So when I was in New Orleans, I did every possible tour, like the ghost tour, the blah, blah, blah tour. So I did. We did the Haitian. Me too. (laughs) Yes. It's my favorite, especially New Orleans. I freaking love New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Right. Like I love the city. But we did like the Haitian tour and it was really cool because it was literally just somebody who was Haitian or no, the voodoo tour, not the Haitian tour, the voodoo voodoo tour. tour. He was explaining, you know, his voodoo as a religion and just how Hollywood has basically like demonized their religion and made it seem like it's. You know, a bunch. And I'm like, I'm like, as a kid who grew up in the 80s, I'm like, oh, my God, like, literally, there's all these movies that just talk about voodoo, like, yep. this horrible, you know, I didn't even know it was a religion until I took yeah. this tour. Yeah, they, but like, they have to demonize something. Yeah. So it's like, so interesting that tarot, because I feel like Melissa and I have been interested in so many different spiritual things forever. This is always really connected with us. So, you know, to, to have the, you know, privilege of coming to two bunch palms which is what it is it is a privilege that we both have um to be able to have that trip and meet you and also meet i don't remember her name but the other reader donna she did the angel yeah. cards yes yes who was amazing i love donna too. i adore her i adore yeah. her. i already knew i would because you we started with you and you were like oh you have to go to donna yeah. like you're gonna love donna and we did obviously she was amazing and ron's great too so we huh? didn't get to we didn't get to meet yeah. him. Oh, it probably wasn't scheduled. Yeah, because they kind of stagger us. So you know, people yeah. aren't there long enough to see everybody. Yeah. But you know, he was even telling me, he goes, "I think guests think you know that you, Donna, and I get together and sit and talk about them, so we can tell them the same thing." And I'm like, "I don't even know their names. What are you talking about?" There's like a personal info sheet we filled out before we booked. We just, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, what's your favorite? What are you currently going through? Like, none of those questions were asked. I mean, they're, they're just like microphones all over the grotto and the yeah, floor, that's it, right? That's it. That's they would have loved our combos. Oh my god, you, Frank, Michael, and I—they would have had to censor all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, so yeah, so I think it's it is really cool. Like everything that gets kind of trendy, I think it's really cool that it puts tarot in such a good li- in in a light or in a yeah. you know on a more of a platform for people to understand it as a helpful tool. Well, but so- having these conversations is what makes it you know even more special. Well, that's what I wanted my class to be because a lot of people feel like it's something that's not for them. And if you give them a format, you give them an understanding of you know it, like i said it's always I, I learn what the cards mean first then throw the rules away and let the intuition take over but if you give them if they understand what the court cards do if they understand what the minor pips do if they understand what the major arcana does and the energies of each and how they relate and then the energy of the four suits and then the numerology it kind of gives people a mental picture of oh this is something that I can navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it tangible. And so it makes that gives them an, a, a place of, okay, I think I can do this. It gives them a, a starting point, you know, and again, you know, it's, it's about, you, you never learn at all. You know, I've been at this now 45 years and um, I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still a student. Yeah. You know? So the thing is, though, it's just you keep it's like layers of an onion. You keep pulling back. And just when you feel like, OK, I think I've got all this now. I know it all. Then all of a sudden, all this other information starts coming to the surface. And it's like, oh, boy, here we go. And two, it's like, you know, I always tell people when you get your deck to you know, pull out a Sharpie and write those keywords so you get a 
you know, a image word association. And then if you're into astrology, runes, I Ching, Kabbalah, they're all connected. They're all related. You know, pull out your Sharpie and write those. It's just another level of information. And again, it's that those images and the information that flips the triggers in your head. Mm -hmm. That's what things pop in. And, you know, it, it, it's, um, it, it, like anything else, it just takes practice. Yeah. What's a good beginner deck that you would suggest people start with? I always say one of the writer weights and God knows there's probably over 40, 50 versions of it. Um, I like the radiant is the one I use for in class because it's just the brightest colors. It's just pretty. Yeah. Um, there's some other ones that are a little distracting. Um, but you know, even the, um, the, the the original one, you know, that writer weight, you know, it's a little more, you know, it's, it's a very arts and crafts style, but the colors are a little more muted in the original, you know, the red is a little more brick and the yellow is a little more mustard and, you know, um, which is why I like the, the radiant. Plus, you know, if you get somebody who wants, you know, create a mood, you know, and, and work with their cards, what's like a candle, you can, they're brighter, you can see them better. So I, I like vibe. Exactly. <laughs> People want to create a vibe. I get yeah. some people like, oh, yes, I liked it when I do my my three-card reading at night. I've set up my altar, my candles, all my crystals, and I'm going, yeah, that's, you know, whatever makes you feel connected. <laughs> I loved when we were in two bunch and you told us, you know, all these people do these things. They knock on their cards a bunch of times or they do different things. And you're like, you know what I do? I open my deck. And I <laughs> <laughs> so funny no, but like no, everybody yeah. has their own process everybody you know? has their own thing you know but i do have my own thing remember i do the first shuffle oh yeah, yeah that's right you did say i that. do the first shuffle yeah so you know and so everybody has their way of connecting and my thing is that part of that too is they've created a ritual that gives them a sense of connectedness yeah so the thing is i encourage it yeah. if that makes them feel connected whatever do yeah. it yeah, do it. If that's giving them the confidence, the insight, then yes, it is important. D different people have different things that they do. So it's just whatever you connect with, you know, it's just create your own ritual. Yep. I don't, I mean, I don't like too many directions because then I start getting confused. Like, can you, <laughs> so what you need to do is knock three times, spin this around your head, pick up the rose. I'm like, <laughs> all I know, I you lost me after knock three times. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I can't. But I think there's something beautiful with certain rituals that help people like people meditate differently as well. Right. Some people like right. to be outside and and they're not distracted by noises or brightness. And then some people like to be in dark, you know, rooms where it's right. You know, if they open their eyes, they still can't see anything. And right. right. You know, and, well, and too, it's like that's why I like doing the Celtic cross spread. And I like the, the placement of the tradition, the ritual of it. For me, that's where I get that aspect. Now, maybe you take somebody who's a little more free willy and they feel like, <laughs> oh, that's way too, that's way too structured. You know, the thing is many people, there's many, many spreads out there and many people could just make up their own spreads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What makes sense to them. And th the only thing that matters is accuracy. Yeah. If you don't have accuracy, then what's the point? Yeah. But I know a lot of people that they do not follow any traditional spreads. And I've met some people who will do, 
just throw cards down differently every time. They just kind of go how the spirit moves. Me, I like the tradition. I like that structure. Mm -hmm. And that's why I pick a card, a deck with a great sense of reverence. Um, I, I, I always encourage decks based on the Rider Waite system. Now, there's a, one that's been out now for about three years, and it's a really cool deck. It's called Lightseers, and it's really gotten a lot of traction because it's kind of gender fluid, hipster, and it's a beautiful deck. The colors are gorgeous. And even and a lot of the imagery is Rider Waite-ish, but not all of it. And the ones that even aren't, even though they're not identical, it still reflects the true meaning of the cards. So I like that deck a lot. A lot of decks, some of the authors kind of go off on their own tangents a little bit. So they may not be the best to learn on because then when you pick up a different deck, it's completely different. I always consider the Rider Waite the mothership. Yeah. You know, it is defined tarot as we know and use it today. Yes, there is a little more Lenormand before that, but you know the the writer weight was um, 1909 Arthur writer was a publisher arthur weight was the author and pamela coleman smith did the artwork and she um was an amazing illustrator in both london and new york in the late 1800s early 1900s and um she's in the last 20 years or so she's really gotten the respect that she's deserved and her artwork has now become highly collectible. And so um, she worked on that deck with Arthur Waite for two years, which is amazing in itself. He was not warm and fuzzy. And um, <laughs> you know, he micromanaged her on the major arcana down to every symbol, every detail, every color has a purpose. Um, and then he kind of gave her free will on the minor arcana as long as she made the swords look super dark and creepy. And they do, but they're not really so. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's like kind of that has sort of defined tarot as we know it today. You had oh. Melissa at Free Willy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw how hard you laughed when he said that. I was like, <laughs> throw me under. Well, I mean, this has been awesome. It, did you have any more questions, Stacey? No, I, th I feel like everything that popped into my head, I was like, I'm I'm shooting it out of the cannon right now. I know this has been better than I even imagined. Like, you know, we we in very thoroughly enjoyed, like we said, our session with you and just getting to meet you. And so this has just been icing on top of that, getting to to dig a little deeper and have some one on one time with you. So, well, thank you awesome. so much. It's very much an honor to be with you ladies again. Thank you. Thank you, well, thank you so much. So um, one last plug for yourself was your shop is V and G, V and G. Yeah, VNG Hipware is the name of the business. Hipware. Our Instagram is V A N D G Palm Springs. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got it. And we'll we'll put that on the the YouTube and uh, Spotify descriptions as well so people will be able to find it there. Fabulous. Um, yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And this is not the last you'll be hearing from us. I'm sure uh, we'll be nope. scheduling our readings here yeah, shortly. Exactly. <laughs> and when you come back to Palm Springs, that visit has to involve us going out for a glass of wine or a cocktail or something. Please, oh, so into please, that. please, please. We will be messaging you next time we're there. <laughs> okay, so much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you All so right. much, Stephen. We appreciate you. Oh, th thank you so much. Love you guys. Have a good Love one. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Beautiful mess.